Amen. Amen. Aren't you thankful to have such a good worship team, guys? Amen. Thank you. Hey, go ahead and grab your sermon notes and uh, flip to the Old Testament. We're going to be in some exciting, exciting passages in Leviticus and Numbers and Deuteronomy. It's going to be some good stuff today. Um, and I really do love that we get to jump into God's Word. I'm thankful that, uh, that God's Word is our, is our guide and, uh, and we get understanding from that. Um, and as you're turning there, you know, every year the staff, we get together, uh, usually in December, and we plan out uh, the sermon series for the next year. And um, this year, you know, what we do, we pray about it, you know, for weeks ahead of time. Uh, you know, we come with some ideas that we feel like God's laid on our head. But one of the questions, a couple of questions that we ask is, what do our people need to hear? You know, what are they talking about? What are they asking about? In addition to all the other considerations, that's one of the things that we take into consideration. And surprisingly, one of the topics that came up was the issue of tithing. Specifically, what does the Bible teach about tithing? And is tithing something that Christians are still required to do? Now, this was surprising for a couple of reasons. One, because nobody ever wants to talk about tithing. I mean, if you, if you made a list of sermons that, that you want the preacher to preach on, I promise you tithing is not at the top of the list of what you want to hear about. The other reason it was surprising, at least for me, is because in my mind, the Bible's clear on this, and it teaches we're to tithe. We're to give 10% of everything that, uh, that we have earned, everything that God's given us uh, to, to support the work of the church and the expansion of God's kingdom, case closed. That's just how I was raised. That's what Bridget and I have lived all of our lives. That's what a lot of you have been taught and lived all of your lives or much of your lives. And you just do it. Tithing is just something you do because the Bible says do it, so you just do it. What if I told you that I might be wrong? What if I told you that as a believer in Jesus Christ, as a Christian, as a person who lives under the new covenant of the blood of Jesus, of his crucifixion and death and burial and resurrection, that we're no longer under the old covenant, under the old covenant of the Mosaic law, that maybe you and I are no longer required to tithe? I imagine we'd get a few different responses. Some of you would be like, whew, hallelujah. Finally, you know, I'm off the hook. I don't have to tithe anymore. And if you're honest, you probably weren't tithing anyway, but that's another thing, okay? There'd be another group who, as soon as the service was over, and you may not even wait that long, you'd be contacting the leadership team asking, when can we, you know, start a pastor search committee? But there might also be another group, some who might be a little bit skeptical. I can see it on your faces. You might be a little bit hesitant going, okay, where are we going with this? But maybe, just maybe, you might just listen with me and let me unpack, let us unpack God's Word and see what it has to say. And you might want to fire me afterwards, but you'll at least give me the opportunity to go through God's Word with you today. Well, I hope we can all be at least in that third group. I hope we can jump into God's Word together today and see what does the Bible say about tithing. What does it say? We're going to talk this week and next week about what does it say about giving, about being generous, and is this an obligation or is it an opportunity? Now, in full disclosure, we're, we're only going to cover what the Old Testament says about tithing today. Next week, we're going to get into what the New Testament says about giving, and we're going to look at some examples. Um, what we're going to see today is that the old, in the, according to the Old Testament, uh, that, that God's people were required to tithe to support the temple and those serving in the temple. It was an obligation for them. It was a command. 
However, it was also an opportunity. It was a chance for them to partner with God and in their obedience to his command to worship him and to meet the needs of others, to be a source of provision, to, to be a source of, uh, of God being people's everything. Now, we're going to jump into some scripture here in a minute, but before we do, let me just be clear. We're just talking today about tithing, okay? Everybody say tithing. Okay, there's all sorts of offerings in the Old Testament. There's all sorts of sacrifices in the Old Testament. And, and some of them were for like forgiveness or for thanksgiving or fellowship. Uh, some of them were regular offerings. Some of them were uh, spontaneous as needs. We're not talking about all that. Today, for the focus of today's message, we're just talking about uh, a specific offering known as the tithe. And the reason is, is that in modern day language, tithing and giving have become synonymous. We've used the word tithe to mean give, and we've talked about, and we even used to have it on our offering envelopes. We have new offering envelopes, by the way, just in time for this series. Uh, we have new offering envelopes, and they used to say tithe and offering right next to each other. How many of y'all remember that? If you look on them today, they just, I think they just say offering or giving. If you still have one that says tithe, uh, frame it, because we're getting rid of the rest of them, okay? Um, <laughs> But the reason is, uh, you know, we, we, we have used tithing and giving those words interchangeably. I've done it as your pastor. You've probably done it as a believer. And let me just be real clear. I think there are some very good principles about tithing. I think there's some very good guidelines that we can learn about tithing that can be helpful to us as we live out our value of generosity, of having a gratitude that gives. But what I want to be careful about is maybe mishandling God's word and maybe taking an Old Testament law and an, for, for an old covenant people and then bringing it forward and applying it to New Testament Christians who live under the new covenant of Jesus' blood, crucifixion, and resurrection. So we're going to talk about, like I said next week, what the New Testament teaches about giving and about being generous givers. But today, let's get a clear understanding of what the Old Testament teaches about tithing and what we can learn from it. Got it? You with me? All right, cool. How many of y'all are already just shutting off? You're like, I don't know, this is... All right, cool. Got a few listeners. All right, good deal. All right, so number one, if you're following along in your outline, the, what the Bible teaches about it, what the Old Testament teaches about tithing, number one is that tithing was an act of obedience. Tithing was an act of obedience. Tithing was an act of obedience to a command given by God through Moses. And we're going to go back to Leviticus and see... Uh, one, of the, one of the passages, or really where, where we see that it's a, a command. This is Leviticus chapter 27, beginning of verse 30. And it says this, says, One-tenth of the produce of the land, whether grain from the fields or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord and must be set apart to him as holy. If you want to buy back the Lord's tenth of the grain or fruit, you must pay its value plus 20%. Verse 32, count off every tenth animal from your herds and flocks and set them apart for the Lord as holy. You may not pick and choose between good and bad animals, and you may not substitute one for another. But if you do exchange one animal for another, then both the original animal and its substitute will be considered holy and cannot be bought back. Verse 34, these are the commands that the Lord gave through Moses on Mount Sinai for the Israelites. All right. So when we talk about God's commands, and sometimes from time to time you'll read in Scripture where it'll talk about the law or the book of the law, 
Um, you know, in, in the Old Testament, the law is God's law. It's God's commands that he gave to the people, to the Israelites through Moses. God told his people that they would obey his commands, if they would keep his laws, if they would live according to his instructions, that he would bless them, that life would go good for them, that they would prosper, that things would just be great. He also warns them that if they don't obey his commands, if they don't keep his laws, if they don't live by, this, uh, by, by these instructions, that you know, he would make sure to punish them. He would make sure to deal with them harshly. In short, what God's saying is, I will be your God, and you will be my people, and this is how you are to live. This is what's known as the Mosaic Covenant. It's not a covenant made up of, of a bunch of little tiny squares, you know, turned into an art project, okay? It's talking about Moses. This is the Mosaic Covenant that God gave his people, the covenant that God established with his people through Moses, their leader. Now, from, from the time of Moses all the way up to Jesus' death on the cross and resurrection. Everybody who was a God follower, God follower was under the Mosaic Covenant. They were under these laws. And, uh, you know, God's people, the Israelites, the Hebrews, they were under these laws set forth by Moses. And the command to tithe was one of those commands. So tithing was an act of obedience to God's command. So what does this have to do with you and I today? Well, let me share with you what Thomas Schreiner, professor of New Testament at Southern Seminary, says about this. And this is just one scholar on this. I, I read up about a, a bunch of guys on this in preparation for today. But this is what Thomas Schreiner says. He says, the command to tithe uh, was, an old, was an old covenant, Old Testament command, a Mosaic covenant command that supported the tabernacle and the temple along with the priests and the Levites who served there. When Jesus died on the cross for our sins, he established a new covenant, a covenant in his blood. Now, because of what Jesus did, we no longer worship at the temple. Because of what Jesus did, we no longer have priests that we support. Yes, you support me as your pastor, but I'm not your priest. You, got, you know that, right? Okay, cool. So we no longer have priests. Who is our priest? We have one priest. He's our high priest. Starts with J, ends with Jesus. Who is it? Jesus. Jesus is our high priest. As a matter of fact, in Hebrews, it calls us the priesthood of believers. Because of Jesus' sacrifice on the cross, because of his shed blood, because of the new covenant, we have direct access to God. Every single one of you, you don't have to go through anybody else. You can go directly to God through Jesus. Amen? Woo! And so because of all this, tithing based on Old Testament law, remember, it was there to support the temple and to support the people who served in the temple. Because of this, we no longer, tithing is no longer mandated or required of Christians. Now, please hear me. I'm not saying you shouldn't give, okay? Please, I'm not saying you shouldn't give. I'm not saying that, that practicing tithing, like using 10% as a guideline, isn't a good idea. It's what Bridget and I have done all of our lives. It's what we're going to continue to do. And I hope that if you've established that in your life, if you have felt from God that, hey, I think 10% is a good number, that you should also continue to do that, okay? We're going to talk about some of that next week. But as we seek to be uh, generous givers, people who give from a heart of gratitude, I want to make sure that at all times, in this case, as with all scripture, that I present God's word rightly to you and that you understand that you get to give as an opportunity rather than have to give as an obligation. And there's a big, big difference in that. And I've taught it wrong sometimes. I think I've taught it wrong. I've even spoken of it wrong when talking about the offering. And so I want to clear some things up 
with you on that. So tithing in the Old Testament was an act of obedience. The second thing we see about tithing that I think we can learn and we can connect with is that tithing was an act of worship. Tithing was an act of worship. Listen again to verse 30 and 32 from Leviticus 27. It says, One-tenth of the produce of the land, whether grain from the fields or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord and must be set apart to him as holy. Count off every tenth animal from your herds and flocks and set them apart for the Lord as holy. So what this teaches is that one-tenth of everything that, that the land produces is holy to the Lord. It is holy to God. God blessed his people. He blessed his people with land. He blessed his people with, with sun and rain. He causes the, the crops to grow. He, he causes them to, 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 to bring forth produce. He blessed them with cattle and with sheep. And by his hand, he keeps, his herds and, he keeps their herds and flocks healthy and causes them to have offspring. God blessed his people. And in response to the blessing, God instructs his people that they're to give back to him that portion which is his, that portion which is holy. And this was an act of worship. It was an act of worship because they were bringing an offering to God. They were coming before God saying, God, this is yours. You are God. You gave us this. You gave us all of this, and you ask us to do this thing. And so as an act of worship, we are being obedient to you and just giving back to you what belongs to you. But it was also an act of worship because it required them to trust God. It required them to trust God that, you know, when they had, you know, 10 sheep, and they gave God one sheep that they could live just as good on nine as they could have on ten. I mean, can you imagine being that tenth kid and dad coming to you and say, listen, I was going to make you a coat, but we had to give your sheep away. You don't get a coat this year. No, God's gonna, they trusted God that God was going to provide, that God was going to bless. It, it, imagine if in not just ten sheep, imagine you had a thousand sheep and you had to give away a hundred now, wait a minute, that's a big sacrifice, God. I don't know if I could do that. I mean, that's 10 times more than that guy's whole, whole, uh, whole flock over there. But it required trusting God. That's why it was an act of worship. You were trusting God that, that as you were obedient to him, he was going to take care of you. So tithing was an act of obedience. It was also an act of worship. Guys, I don't have to tell you today that giving today is still an act of worship for you and I as Christians. When we get to the offering, we get to praying for the offering at the end. I, I try to say it every week. This is just as much a part of worship as everything else we've done. We are bringing our worship before God. We are bringing our offering. It's an attitude of giving back to God out of what he's given to us. It's still a response to God, recognizing, God, you have blessed us, and all we are doing is just being faithful and cheerful and generous and sacrificial in giving back to you. It's an act of trust. We worship God when we trust God by giving more than we think we can afford to give. And as we do, we see God bless us and give us the opportunity to trust him more and more and more. So giving in the Old Testament was an act of worship. Giving today is just as much an act of worshiping God. But there's a third thing that tithing accomplished. Number three, tithing was a means of providing for the needs of others. Tithing was a means of providing for the needs of others, specifically for the work in the temple and the priests and the Levites. So there's a couple of passages from Numbers and Deuteronomy that I want us to read. Numbers 18, beginning in verse 20. And the Lord said to Aaron, you priests will receive no allotment of land or share of property among the people of Israel. I am your share and your allotment. As for the tribe of Levi... 
And then pause right there. By the way, if you were a priest, you came from the tribe of Levi. But if you were from the tribe of Levi, you may not be a priest. You got it? All right, cool. All right, cool. Um, so, instead of land, I will give them tithes from the entire land of Israel. So that's what we talked about just a moment ago, how people, to bring a, people were to bring a tithe of the land and of the herds and the flocks, okay? From now on, verse 22, from now on, no Israelites except for priests or Levites may approach the tabernacle. If they come too near, they will be judged guilty and will die. Only the Levites may serve at the tabernacle, and they will be held responsible for any offenses against it. This is a permanent law for you to be observed from generation to generation. The Levites will receive no allotment of land among the Israelites because I have given them the Israelites' tithes, which have been presented as sacred offerings to the Lord. This will be the Levites' share. That's why I said they would receive no allotment of land uh, among the Israelites. We're going to get to that. That was a long passage. We're going to get to some stuff in it in a minute. But let's jump down to Deuteronomy 18, verses 1 and 2. Where God says, remember that the Levitical priests, that is the whole tribe of Levi, will receive no allotment of land among the other tribes in Israel. Instead, the priests and Levites will eat from the special gifts given to the Lord, for that is their share. They will have no land of their own among the Israelites. The Lord, underline this if you've got your Bible open, the Lord himself is their special possession, your translation may say portion, just as he promised them. I read this a few years ago, and man, it just blew me away. And I want to try to unpack this with you for just a minute. What we see in these two passages is that part of the purpose of, of God's people bringing a tithe before God is that they were to play a role in meeting people's needs, specifically meeting the needs of God's special called-out tribe, the Levites, who among the Levites you also had priests, uh, meeting the, the needs of the Levites and the priests who served at the temple. The reason for this, the reason for this is that the Levites and the priests didn't have a way of providing for themselves. They didn't have land to depend on. They didn't have, uh, they, they didn't have what everybody else had. Instead, they had to rely on God. They had to rely on God's people being obedient to God. You know, when God's people conquered the promised land and they went in there and they kicked out most of the people, but they left a bunch of people. And that's a whole other sermon about when we get rid of some sin, but leave some other sin in our life. Never mind. All right. But when they conquered the land and they went in there and, and they took possession of it, there's a whole section of scripture in, I think it's in Joshua, like 13 to 21, where it talks about how they divided up the land. And it's very specific. It's like, okay, this tribe over here, you get from here to here to here to here, that's your land. And this tribe over here, you get this area over there. There and you get, and then just they divided it all up. All the tribes of Israel got a portion of land, got an inheritance. That was what was their portion. That's what was going to stay with them. That was, that was theirs. They got a portion. All the tribes except for one, the Levites. For the Levites, for this tribe who served as God's special called out people to be priests and servants in the temple, God says that He will be their portion. God says that all these other people, he said, I will be your provision. I will be your source of everything that you need. Guys, get this. This is so cool. Please don't miss this. What God is saying here to the Levites, he's saying, look, I will provide for you. You can trust that. You can trust that I will be your portion. I will be your everything. I'll be all that you need. You don't have to worry. Everybody else 
Everybody else is going to be provided for. Yes, I've blessed them, but they're going to be provided for in ways that look like to them very normal, ordinary ways. You're going to be provided for in extraordinary ways. It's going to be, um, and here's the, here's the thing that's even cooler, is that what God promised the Levites and the priests, he, he, actually almost pro, he actually also promised to his people. Time after time after time, God says, I will be your victory. I will be your shelter. I will be your deliverance. I will be your strong tower. Just trust in me. He wants to be all they need. All they have to do is depend on him. All they have to do is trust in him, and he'll supply all their need. But what God's people missed is that they already had everything they needed in God. They already had everything. And if they, if they ever would have gotten that fully, if God's people ever would have wrapped their heads around the fact that in God we have everything we need, then they would have been able to, to live by God's commands and give like God said, and they never would have worried. They, they could have let go of everything that they had been holding on to. All of their possessions, all of their money, all of their wealth, they could have let go of everything the world says to trust in and instead grab on to God. If they would have done that, if they would have lived that, they would have known the joy of being a part of God's hand of blessing to meet the needs of others in, the, in ways they could not have imagined. And the same thing that God promised to the tribe of Levi and the same thing that he made as an overall promise to his people, he makes to you and I today. He wants to be our everything. All we have to do is just let go of everything the world says to hold on to. If we ever get that, if we ever get that God is really all we need, that God is, is, is who we need, then we won't be asking questions like, how much do I have to give? And what percentage is the right percentage? And how much is enough? Instead, we'll be asking questions like, how can I give as much as I can? How can I give more than I can? Because God's already given me everything I need. I can give away everything because I've gained everything I ever needed in Jesus. So let me ask you, is God your everything? I'm not asking, is God a big thing? I'm not asking, is he even the main thing? Is God your everything? If he is, then you can live like it. If he is, then as we talk about next week, you can give like it. If not, you have an opportunity to let him be your everything today. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, all across the room, I pray your Holy Spirit moves. I confess, God, that Preaching a message on tithing, it seems hard to even, I, I, it seems hard to get back to Jesus, but I hope, I hope you will help us see that in you we have everything we need. In you, through Christ, through his death on the cross and in resurrection from the grave, that you've given us everything we already need. And because of that, we can let go of everything this world offers. God, I pray today for those who maybe are, are holding on to their own life, their own plans, their own agenda. And they have yet to turn things over to you. They have yet to place their faith in Jesus. Would you let today be the day of salvation for them? 
God, I pray for those who, who maybe are living tight-fisted, afraid of trusting you in this area of giving, afraid they won't have enough. Lord, would you help them see that in you they've already got everything they need. Help them to learn the joy of worshiping you gladly and generously and sacrificially through offerings. God, if there's somebody here who's maybe holding on to something else, maybe they came in here with a big burden, with a heavy heart, would you help them just to lay that down today and to grab onto you? to walk out of here holding on to you. Give them the peace that comes from knowing you through Jesus. In Christ's name we pray all these things. Amen. Will you stand with us as we sing, I Surrender All?